Hey everybody, I'm Chris. I'm Steven. We like board games. And beer. We decided to pair them. We think you should too. Welcome to Table Hops. Welcome to the episode. <laughs> to fill you in, we just had a riveting conversation about many beers and many board Including games. Including a 20-minute conversation about Captain Sonar. And then we forgot to hit record. So, we're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. It's going to be more of a recap. <laughs> We're what you call professionals. Oh my god. So what's up, Steven? What's new with you this week? I can guess. <laughs> it was so good. It was like the best thing we've ever recorded. You guys are going to have to believe us on that. Let's start with the beers. We are currently still drinking the uh, Vossen Azanian Passion Double IPA. Yeah. It is quite delicious. I think it's very hoppy. Well, you know, I've heard that before. <laughs> But I would say it, it does have a hot presence to it, yeah. which is good. But as I may have mentioned at some point in my life, the uh, I'm a little over hazied. Right. I'm kind of more into the the the. Uh, I like them dank or I like them bitter. More IBUs, the better. Right. Yeah, I think that's only like a twenty six, right? Something like that. That's right there. Twenty six. Twenty six. Yeah. So that's a, that's a cutesy little. I'm seventy or above. <laughs> that's my baseline. But it's very tasty. Yeah. It's, it's juicy. It's delicious. But I feel like it's not like so fruity that you can't taste the hops. Oh, not at all. Yeah, no, it's well balanced. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, why don't you talk about some of the other beers you talked about just a minute? Ago? <laughs> yeah. So currently, I'm drinking the uh, uh, Imperial Coffee Pumpkin Ale, uh, the Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great. It's wonderful. Um, I haven't had the pumpkin, uh, the pumpkin nitro yet. Right. Um, but that, I mean, I love the cold, the cold brew one. It's so good. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Starbucks drink? I do. I do too. Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Pumpkin, pumpkin cream, cream cold brew. brew. That's weird. <laughs> um, this podcast is sponsored by Starbucks, but not really. We're poor. Yeah, I think the the. The coffee pumpkin reminds me a lot of it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's it, like the sweet, but yeah, with the bitter balance. Yeah, it's not it's super damp. pumpkin-y. It's mm-hmm. not like... It doesn't punch you in the face with Halloween, you know, which I think is, <laughs> is great. Unlike a pumpkin spice latte, yeah, which I, can't I feel... PS, I can't PSL. I feel like it just, like, just... It's too much. It just I also can't do... It. I can't do really sweet coffee. Like, whenever I go to Starbucks, because my kids give me gift cards, I'm like, give me a black coffee. Right. And then I leave. You know, just a black coffee. I just like black coffee. No, I like, I prefer espresso to coffee. I can see that. Yeah. I like espresso too. Yeah. Like I would, um, before I get a black coffee, I'd just get a doppio espresso macchiato. Okay. You know what? If I'm going to pay money at Starbucks, I guess maybe I'd go that route. Right. You know, uh, if I'm going to pay $4 for a cup of coffee. Sure. You'd rather I'd rather just that. get an espresso. I like espresso, but... My thing is, I really like the taste of coffee, and I like drinking it for a long period of time. I gotcha. So, right. once once coffee gets like lukewarm to me, I can't. Welcome to Table Hops, the coffee <laughs> the coffee. <laughs> Speaking of coffee houses, I went to Cure. Okay, uh, about a week ago now. Sure. Um, and played. Guess what I played? Viticulture. I played Clue. Oh, Clue solo? Did you find? No, no, no. I, I played with uh, there. There were three other people okay. I was playing with, and the same thing happened. Where we set up the game. Oh God! How do you do it? You must be. Was it you? But yeah, I played Clue. Yeah, with three other people. We set up the game, and I guessed it on the first you round. You guessed it. I think it's a you thing. I think you're cursed. I just can't play Clue. I okay. Did I tell you my like Clue is my favorite classic game? Okay, but I told you on my I think it was my 14th birthday. When I played Clue, because I always have a game night yeah. ever since I was little. Yeah. And so I had people over, I had friends over, and, and I had this girl set it up. Mm-hmm. And then she had to leave. I'm like, okay. Because she saw you. Uh, that's probably what it was. But she had to leave, and then we played Clue. Uh-huh. She set it up wrong, and we didn't know until like two hours later. <laughs> like, we're getting like, I was like, it's one dude, there? two weapons, no rooms. <laughs> It was so frustrating. I was so mad. Oh my He's just chastening the whole thing. And I'm like, thing. how are we still wrong? Colonel Mustard is chases. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's that's great. That's oh, great. Jeez. Uh, but uh, yeah, I love that game. Yeah. What other what what beers have you had? Uh, so this week I have had the Golden Pear by O'Connor's Brewing, which is a Belgian gold golden ale with pear, obviously. Yeah. Uh, very delicious. Nine percent. I love Belgians. So nine um, percent. Yeah. 
Wow. Uh, very good. Well, Belgians normally are on the heavier side of things. If you get a single, you maybe you'll find the five or sixes. Yeah, but I don't feel like it tastes like a 9%. Well, that's the danger of it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, very good. Uh, Belgian, I feel like... That's a season, or seasonal. It's bit, very right? seasonal. Yeah. Actually, you know what? I don't think they've ever released it. They released Belgians, okay. but I don't think they released the, pel- the, the Golden Pear except for this year. Okay. Got um, it. So I've gotten a few crawlers of that. Big fan. Um, I'm a big fan of Belgians. I kind of wish more breweries did it. The only brewery I know that does it regularly is Hardywood. What's their Belgian called? Single. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's not my favorite Belgian. Well, no. It's a single. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, well, um, all I see is Carrion, right? That's a dark Belgian. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, that's a... Still if I wanted Belgian. to get swanky, it's an American beer with the Belgian style to it. But that's just being a jerk. Yeah. Le Chouffre is always really good, and then um, Lefe is always really good. What's the um, the purple one? Aventinas. Chimay. Chimay. Chimay's good. Chimay has so there's a there's a red one and a blue one. Okay. Uh, one's combined. They make purple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just mix them. It's delicious. Uh, one's a single, or one's a triple, and one's a double, but I don't remember which is which. Okay. Plus, triple and double as Belgians are not the same thing as triples and doubles in IBAs. But that's a conversation for the time. Gotcha. And then what's the one with the uh, the chick on it? I always think it's a mead. Not the two chicks dancing in a circle. No, it's a one chick. The Duchess. Oh, yeah, Duchess. Yeah, yeah. sure. It looks like she plays Splendor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's a noble. She's a noble. Yeah. <laughs> she's a noble. That Duchess. Splendor. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. But you're right. Like, local, or local breweries. Sure. Even in just the Virginia, like, near me, like, Richmond here. And, like, I don't know another brewery besides Hardy, but it does a... Year-round belt, even in my travels, I don't yeah. think. Mm. I guess it's just not a very popular style, but it's delicious to me. I wonder why Hardywood doesn't because they have class. <laughs> wow, <laughs> Let's okay. throwing that out, throwing shade at everybody. Um, so I also had the last leaf by Star Hill. That's their English brown with Virginia maple syrup. Mm. Very delicious. I had too many of those this week. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a super fall tasty beer. You had a sixer. Mm-hmm. Actually, Jack brought me a sixer. He brought he brought two sixers, and I had one. Oh. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I also had the again not a big fan of Elysian because they're Imbev. They are the boy band of craft beer, but their Savage Journey uh, Rye IPA is friggin' delicious. I think there's nothing wrong with liking Elysian. I know that you might get stoned to death by. You know. Yeah, see, it's different when it's like a brewery that, like, like was it is Lagunitas owned by them now, or was it Lagunitas, or there was yeah. another, yeah, where I'm like, okay, you know, you did your thing, but but Elysian was like invented by Budweiser, sure. So I'm just like, eh, eh. but that's just the snob in me. Yeah. They make a good product, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, their, their Punkachino is also very good. I mean, coming coming from you know. I've, I've never worked for a large company, but I know plenty of people who have. Sure. And those people do just as much work. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I... And, and I get, like, you don't want to support, like, they're they're ruining the craft beer industry. Right. I, I, I fully understand that argument. Sure. Um, but on the other side of that coin, like, these it's people... It's business. Yeah. People work. Yeah. We, I get that. We, we, we live in a capital... You know, capitalism sure. environment. Like, I mean, to be fair, I try and support my local game store, but if if I can get it on Amazon, you know, if they don't have it in stock or if it's significantly less expensive, sure, I'm probably going to get it from them. Right. So it's what it is. Yeah. Um. But I but I totally get the argument. It's, yeah. yeah. It's what it is. I try and recycle too. <laughs> <laughs> like this podcast. Yeah, like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it. Oh, um, boy. Uh, games this week. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you have some beers, too. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I yeah. I know. You've I already like heard done them, this. I know. But, um, <laughs> so, uh, well, not first, but up on my list is uh, the brewery, the Autumn Maple. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. 17 pounds of yam. That's a barrel. lot of gosh darn yam. That's how many yeah. rams I eat on Thanksgiving. You eat 17 pounds yeah, of yam? Yeah, if they have the marshmallows on it, I can't control myself. Well, it's just candy at that point. Yeah. So I didn't know what candied yams were until I moved here. You just thought yams were yams? We didn't have Thanksgiving. Well, sure. So we didn't really have yams. Gotcha. We had sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I don't like? I don't like baked sweet potatoes. 
I like like I don't like it served as like a accoutrement, right? Like I don't like it. They slice it and you know. You oh, I do that food. sometimes. Not a big fan of that. I will take it chopped up and baked. Totally fine. But it's something like you don't like the baked potato presentation. Yeah, it's weird. Why is that weird? Welcome to Table Hops. But yeah, the autumn maple is great. It like yeah. it it is my like Halloween beer. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's ten percent and it tastes wonderful. It's, yeah. It it is it is like my like you know, like everyone has their like pumpkin beer. That's my pumpkin beer. Okay. Like awesome. it, it tastes it it's, it's delicious. It's pumpkin. Well what about uh the um gourd uh the Oh, the Gourd of Thunder? That or the, the Rotten... Rotten Hell. Rotten Hell. Are you going to go get those this year? Or? Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember those being awesome. Yeah, Strange Ways. They're wonderful. Yeah. Dude, I still haven't been. you never been to Strange Ways? I haven't been anywhere in uh, Richmond except for Ad- Ardent. Ardent? Ardent? Ardent. Ardent Choke? Ardent. Ardent. <laughs> yeah. That's the only place you went? No, you yeah. Been, you've been to Legend. Oh, yeah, I have been to Legend. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, it was a long. You never been anywhere else. You no, never. You haven't been to Stone. Nope. How was the music fest, by the way? Music fest was cool. Um, it was kind of like honestly, it was like a beer fest. Mm-hmm. They had Stone and a couple other local Richmond breweries. Uh, okay. Just doing like you know ticket sales type yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, it was cool. It. I mean, honestly, I didn't know any of the bands, so we were just kind of hanging out and drinking. That's but cool. It's on Browns Island, so yeah. If uh, you know, it's probably half a mile away from the actual stone brewery. Okay. Um, which is cool. Did they do like they do at beer fest where you just bring your glass and they pour or you had to buy tickets? You bought tickets. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, you just, you got, you got the pours. Okay, cool. And the tickets weren't bad. They were like six bucks. Oh, not bad. Um, not bad. I'm trying to think if I had anything like, I had the delicious Did anything like, yeah, new or just stone stuff? It was just regular. Stone old. stuff's awesome. Do they have yeah. arrogant bastard on them? Yeah. No, oh, I love that one. Yeah. Um, that was a that was part of the VIP tent. Though. Oh, boo! Yeah, uh, but yeah, it was cool. It, you know, a bunch of food trucks and typical like beer fest stuff. See, I would probably go um, next year when I have more um, notice because I would buy the VIP. The VIP tickets were only like fifty bucks, yeah. and that include like got you three drink tickets, six, and... six, sixteen hours oh, right. for us. Yeah, so I'm like, yeah, that pretty much pays for itself at yeah. that point. But you know. Yeah, it's cool. Um, Stone's just cool in general. Yeah, I like their stuff. We a lot. should. Um, I want to go. We should have a road trip. Yeah, we should. We should go up there because Stone's up there. The original Strange Ways is up there. Yeah. Um, Hardywood, obviously, cool. Um, which, by the way, the Hardywood gingerbread stout uh, packs are for sale right now. Jesus. <laughs> I still have three from last. Year. Oh no, no, three from two years ago because last year's were not good. So I'm not going to make a trip for those gingerbread stouts unless I taste it beforehand and actually think they've done better. Because last year's just wasn't good. Yeah. They have a, uh, a new one this year, though. Ooh. I haven't had the apple brandy one. That's the one I've had. The apple brandy one's in there. Um, they have a marshmallow one. <gasps> yes. Right? Um, and then they have one. Uh, they have the bourbon barrel, but they did the bourbon. It's it's not Christmas morning? No, it's not Christmas morning. Or Kentucky one. Kentucky, Kentucky Christmas Morning is the maple bourbon barrel. Yes. But they did one in... They did the marshmallow in bourbon barrels as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. I feel like you probably have to, because otherwise it would get overly sweet, overly quick. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But, anyway, but the, the, the deal this year is really good. It's like 120 bucks. You get um, eight bottles and two glasses and some swag. Okay. Sweet. So it's like if you were going to buy the bottles anyway. Yeah. Might as well get some yeah. swag. Yeah, that sounds fun. Well, I don't think I had any other beers. How about um, games? Played any new games that you want to talk about again? Have you? <laughs> have you played any new games? I have. I played this game called Sonar. <laughs> All right, so just to recap our previous hour-long conversation, from what I've taken from this is I've never played Captain Sonar, and Steven's never played Sonar. Right. But Sonar was a reiteration uh, released by Mago Games, yep. the original Captain Sonar released by Asmodee Games. Asmodi games. Nope. Asmodee. God damn it. Asmodi games. Nope. Asmodee. 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 Damn it. I played Sonar, which is... <laughs> I played Sonar by Madigo, which is a reiteration of Captain Sonar by Asmodee games. Yeah. So Captain Sonar... 
from what you're telling me is the more advanced version. Yeah, it's what I like. It's like Sonar is the King Domino, and then Captain Sonar is like the Queen Domino. It's like a you take the main idea and just expand upon it. Yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if I would like it dumbed down because I because I feel like I would like Captain at four. Okay, I think the the only reason I maybe would play Sonar would be at one v one. One v one, yeah, it's fun. I like it a lot, and I I like how quick the battle is. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's really cat and mouse after you shoot your first torpedo. Right. Like, the first half, it's, like, really quiet. Like, you're trying to hide, and then once that first missile shoots, it's just a chase. Right. And it gets real intense. Right. Um, It's a more fast-paced, skirmishy kind of version, whereas the other one is more strategic. You have more different types of abilities, like you mentioned mines yeah. and stuff like that. So I really like the game. I'm glad I started with Sonar, because now I'd be interested in checking out Captain. Yeah. The other way around, I can see it not being as intriguing. Yeah, round, around and Captain's probably about 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Okay, well, this, this is about 30. Yeah. But about the same, probably. Yeah. Uh, now, that being said, is it is it 20 or 30 with, like, four new players? Probably not probably takes a little longer to explain. Oh, not with four new players, no. Yeah. With four new I don't think you could really play it with four yeah. new players. Oh, okay, gotcha. Or, so, like, eight new players. Yeah. Like, you, you'd have to have... You need to have some people that have already played it. Okay. Because you need... You have... You don't have to, but you really want, like, your captain to be experienced. Okay. Because um, or else you end up in... Um, so, the way it works is your systems come online based on the energy that you use. Right. But, um... Or you have the energy to spend for your different systems. Mm-hmm. But you can't activate the systems unless they're online. And they're online based on the cardinal direction that you're using. Okay. So you might need, you know, two north and a south to turn on Uh, your torpedo. Okay, yeah. Right? And so you have to go those directions, and then your engineer marks it down, and then your engineer tells your first mate that they're online, and then your first mate will tell you. I feel I'd be very frustrated as a captain in that game. Yeah, well... you have to do certain moves to power up your thing. Yeah, well, and and experienced captains kind of have that in their head. They're right. like, you know, I when I captain, right, mm-hmm. I have basically a checklist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I know I can't ever like I can't ever go up three without going back down one. Okay. Right. And same same thing. So right. if I'm ever like if I ever want to go like straight up, I always like zigzag. I see. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of neat that both versions exist because at first, I'm like, why? But now that I hear the description, I'm like, okay, these are very different games with the same mechanics. Yeah. And I feel like they target two very different... Very different audiences, yeah. 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 And, I mean, to be honest, right, like, the thing I really like about it is how many, like, decent, not heavy, but, like, gamery games can fit eight people. Yeah, that's true. That's you know, when you're talking about eight, eight people games, you're talking about, like, you know... A long time. <laughs> well, not only that, but, like, what games support eight players? That are like gamery. Yeah, I can't think of that. Nope. Right? I mean, yeah. m- most things will do up to six. You know, and even at even at six, the only thing I can think like, of is a more complicated social deduction game. But even that's like not the same kind of strategy that you're looking for. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Mysterium like kind of yeah, gets there, kinda. but um, you know, I don't. There, there's nothing that's like. But still, that's like a group versus one. Well, not versus, but. Yeah, but it's it's like a it's a co-op. There's thing. a moderator type character. Yeah. The other thing that I mean, it's, it's relatively quick. So yeah. you know, you get a twenty minute round in, and then people can swap in and out. You can trade, sure, you know, uh, roles or whatever. Right. Um, I think it's 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 a great gamers game. Yeah. Um, you know, sonar might be a good and captain sonar might be good ones for a game night because we could have tables of like basic sonar mm-hmm. and then two tables of like people that have played it before. Right. Because I know it's like, not, well, I don't know if popular is the word, but people know about it. We could like grow it. Yeah. We'd start with Sonar. Yeah. Well, sure. We can see how it goes. Start with Sonar and then yeah. we'll grow people into it. Right. Because I think the problem with Captain is if you're doing more than one role, you need to like have a clear understanding of both roles. Absolutely. Um, and it's hard to learn them like while you're, while and, you're doing it. And I feel like if you have four noobs playing Captain Sonar, you could you could technically squeeze in a third on each team just to another set of eyes or like, you know, especially with a radio operator helping them track. Because I don't feel like that's super intuitive. You mean regular sonar? Yes, that's what I mean. Sorry. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Regular sonar. You could squeeze in six by six or three by three noobs. Yeah. But 
you know. And there'll still be enough to do. Sure. Because one can just control the special abilities a la first mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the same thing. But that's just energy, right? Just energy. Yeah. But so you move and you get an energy. Correct. Got and then but once you once you cycle four energy, you can't gain any more. You can still move around like normal, but you have four energy max pool. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you have to spend it. Right. And are, it's, are there um uh like oh god, I can't remember what they call them. But like can you like radar or sonar? So your only actions, you have five actions you can do. You uh-huh. can move normally, that nets you an energy. Yeah. You can surface, which you don't gain any energy, but you clear your board. Your yeah. board. You can sonar, which you spend two energy, and the ops team has to tell you out of the row or column they're in, yeah. out of the number of the letter. There is move silently. They don't tell you both? Just one. Oh, interesting. So in Captain, yeah. the way sonar works is you yell out sonar, uh-huh. right? So everyone stops. Um, you yell out sonar, and then they tell you a uh, column and a row, and one of them is correct. Oh, that's screwy. Yeah. No, this is you have to tell one truth. One, and that's it. And that's it. I'm in column A. Yes, and yeah. that is a true statement. Yeah. But you don't have to say the uh, the other one. Yeah, I could say I'm in I'm in A12, and okay. I could either be in row 12 or in column A. See, that's screwy. Yeah. See, that's, that's like, again, but, another level. But a good radio operator will be able to keep track of that. Mm-hmm. Like, they'll know. Right. But yet, yeah, that'd be rough to start out with. Yeah. But it's cool. I like that a lot. And then the third thing is move silently. You just say, I'm moving, and you move one of the four directions, but you don't tell them what it is. Oh, only one. When, yes. you, when you move silently, you move three. Holy crap. Okay. And then the last one. But is, it has to be in a single direction. Oh, okay. And the last one is um, shoot a torpedo, and you can only shoot within your quadrant, which is one quarter of the board. Okay. So if you shoot in A whatever, they'll know, oh, he's somewhere in this quadrant. Right. And by that time, you should know where they are. Super cool. I like both uh, iterations of the game. Well, from what I hear, I, I definitely want to play it. Yeah. The second game I played this week was Mourner's Call uh, by Project Raygun. Um, I was a little hesitant when I saw Project the- Raygun. No. And Sideshow owns the IP. Right? Correct. Okay. Yeah, and they have graphic novels and, and other yeah. things with the. With yeah, the I've seen the statues. I yeah. would love to get them. But. Yeah, they they uh, everything looks sweet. Um, I was a little worried at first from the production value when I saw the pictures of them. Yeah. They, they do have these guild figures which the entire group uses. They're like the base minis and they look cool. Like the design is cool. The production of them isn't as sharp as I would like. They look a little like... They don't look as bad as the oh. crayons, but they... Project Raygun did Samurai Jack. Oh, okay, cool. And they did the Thing game. Oh, cool. The, uh, which I haven't played, but I know what you're yeah, talking the, the about. Yeah, the Thing game's pretty good. Okay, nice. Um, so the gameplay is super fun. Um, like I said, the only thing production-wise, I'm like, the minis could have been a little sharper. The the larger, like the general minis and the large death minis, they look awesome. Yeah. The coins are all metal. They look super cool. All the designs come out great. The faction coins are a little thin, aluminum-y. They kind of bend a little bit. Oh. Cards look good. Um, At that point, I'd almost rather them not be. Yeah, but... They didn't ask me. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'll show them to you. They're 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 like, not bad, but one of them is bent quite hard, and I'm like, I got to bring some pliers to it. Really? So, yeah, like it's bent like. Eh, but wow. It's just one coin. They're just markers. They don't really do anything. So, right. Okay. Now, the one thing that I didn't like mm-hmm. that you were telling me about is all of the community minis. There's like four different colors, and then you're putting three colors, six minis. Yeah. It does make identification a little troublesome because we all share them. The only thing differentiating them is the colored discs that you place in the bottom. Right. And those are just like the snap rings. Just the snap rings. Yeah. And not only that, but you have to keep track on this. They they have little guild trackers on the board of how many of them you own. Okay. So you have to keep track because the person who owns the most of the same type of mini earns a bonus at the end of the round. Kind of like Starship Samurai. Yeah, sure. And then, um, yeah, exactly. And then... They also have, some of them have, like, bonuses, like, resources. Some of them have, like, abilities. Like, one of them is, if you have the most, you get the Dreadsbane coin, which is this giant medallion, which does cool shit later. Um, does, that, does that change every round? Is it... It does change every round. However, a round is extremely long. Okay. So, the way the game works is there are these unity coins. It's like a chest full of coins that you put on the board, a certain number based on the number of players. Uh-huh. As soon as the last coin's removed, the game ends after that round. Okay. And then you calculate your score. Um... When Jenny and I played 1v1, it took two rounds and the game was over. No kidding. But a round was like an hour. Okay. So 
so the, the way the round's broken into is like you defer, you, you take care of your resources, you take care of abilities that untap or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and then you have an action phase. And the action phase is like the main game where we take turns doing right. shit back and forth until we both pass. Right. And then you clean up and do it again. My favorite part of it, I think, might be the, the court cards. There's these big tarot cards. They're really well made. They have a cool green uh, core to them. Mm-hmm. And you draft them every round. Oh, cool. And you draft in different directions round to round. And that really makes up like your big abilities for the game. Got it. They're not all used. They're shuffled up and they're dealt out, but they're not all used. So there's some you might be like, where's the death card? Oh, it's not in this round. Gotcha. So there's a little bit of randomness, but I feel like you really get to set yourself up. Yeah. What was the bidding mechanic? So in the you you have to pay a tithe to heaven and hell so they don't you know raid the sure. underworld. So you have there's a certain uh, there's a tracker based on what actions you do that tells you what the tithe is. Okay. And uh, the number is a certain number of players, like the number of players plus a, some random variable. Sure. And you all have to put in um, a certain amount of this Etheria, which is the souls that you collected throughout mm-hmm. the round, and you hide them in your hand, kind of like we did in Game of Thrones, yeah. the war game. And you, you hide your total, you put a few in your hand, and then you put your hands in the middle and you open them up, and you all calculate if you did enough, then the person who put in the most gets a bonus. Sure. The person who puts in the least gets a penalty. So there's a lot of that. And what's cool is you can like force other people to pay uh, Ethereum for other things. So okay. they can be like, oh, I'm going to screw you later sure. by making you spend your stuff. Gotcha. So even though you're co-oping to a point, because if everybody fails, it's real bad. Okay. Um, there's a balancing to it, but it's I like how there's that give and take where it's like, we're working together towards this, but I have my own stuff to worry about. Right. You have a hidden objective for the game, and then every round you get a new like mission to follow. Huh. So, and some of them are artifacts that you, if you beat it, you collect the artifact and it's like for the whole game. Right. And some of them are like, like a bad guy infiltrates you and you have to beat him up. And, right. And it's neat. There's a lot of cool stuff and the artwork's fantastic. Yeah. It's um, medium weight, heavyweight. It's three out of five on Board Game Geek, weight wise. 3.0? 3.0. Pretty sure it's just not because of the low votes? Maybe it's because of the low votes. That's what I looked at it today. Yeah. Or it's got seven votes. Okay. So it's not so great. Yeah. Uh, so most, I was most people are rating it a four. Okay, I think it's less heavy than Scythe. Um, okay. So if that's a base point, it's pretty straightforward. I okay. I was only confused twice, and that was only because of wording. Okay. On the cards, and one of them, I I put them both on Board Game Geek. Huh. Uh, well, one I found on Board Game Geek. The developer actually responded right away, like, "Yeah, you're supposed to discard this at the end." Okay. That was just like, it should have been in the rules, but it wasn't for some reason. Right. And the other one was worded funny. And then when I put the question on Borgame Geek, someone got back to me like right away. Gotcha. So they make sense now. Okay. So yeah, so probably like a three. Yeah. Maybe like a, um, I'd have to play it, but like typically um, bidding games like that are a little bit higher. So like 3.2. Um, now, that being said, the, the bidding, the, the hidden bidding mechanic thing at the end of the round is not game breaking it's not huge oh okay does that make sense it's not the main point of the game it's not going to ruin your strategy no it's one aspect of the game okay and it's not that big of a deal if you lose like it's not it doesn't destroy so much sure the main the main issues are controlling locations and then dealing with uh, what's called the dread script which is when you have too many people on an area and monsters start attacking gotcha gotcha um, yeah super cool I like it a lot artwork super sweet yeah um box is friggin' huge. Yeah. It doesn't fit on my shelf. It's not like the typical like ticket to ride shape? No, it is a big square box that's too wide and tall for my shelves. That's so frustrating. It's a little bit frustrating, yeah. And and the funny thing is, when I lay it out... At least there's content there. There's content there. They could have shrunk it down. There's a little bit of negative space in the box where I'm like, you could have made it just a little thinner. But it's not like the Mage Knight negative space. No, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's not like that. <laughs> Good um, Lord, I could fit three yeah. other games in that box. I, I, so in the box, everything has its own place. There's two trays that come out with uh-huh. lids, and it's just everything fits. Right. Just the box doesn't fit anywhere after the fact. <laughs> after you put it away. Although that could be... I don't know. That might be interesting. So I... um. Uh, I'm gonna start doing this thing where some like especially for like Lords of Hellas. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at that box over there, audience, that's all miniatures. Oh, uh, okay. And that won't fit in the box. No. Right. Not in a million years. But right. I'm not gonna carry around eighteen different expansions. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Um so I'm gonna put like the five and six player armies into the base box, but then 
all the like extra goths and stuff. I'm going to put them in a display case and just. That's cool. That's yeah. kind of what I do with Scythe. I put the two ex- normal expansion dudes in there. Right. But I have like a couple extra airships and like the Fenris things separate. Right. Because I'll never use them all. Right. Yeah. When you get when you get to a point where you need a separate box for all your stuff, mm-hmm. like it's almost like that's what they did for uh, Shadowrun. Okay. For Sprawl Ops. Yep. Um, which I still want to play. I play that one. Yeah. Um, but the boards on that are like ridiculous. The boards are are foiled. Mm-hmm. So like. When you when you have a, a big light over top, it's yeah. like you're like going at every angle trying to read it. Um, I remember seeing it at Gen Con, and it was like shining in my face. I put on like 1987 <laughs> Run shades. <laughs> um, but that was a thing where they released all this content for it. Mm-hmm. And they're like, man, it would suck for somebody who you know you pay. I, I paid like 120 bucks for that game, yeah. so like it would suck. But you got two copies. <laughs> <laughs> like it would suck to have to like you'd have all these expansion boxes you know uh-huh. so they just included a legendary box which is actually really cool looking there's like they included or you have to buy it no it was included okay cool. yeah it was yeah. included as part of like it was like the kickstarter oh, okay. Thing. okay um but it it has uh uh the streets of uh um san francisco okay like all uh, like oh, the, sweet. the map the map is the box okay yeah nice. um and it's all like you know, spot UV and right. It, it looks it looks great. The only thing that doesn't fit in there, which is a little frustrating, is the five to six player expansion. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Scythe. It's like I know the legendary box doesn't fit the expansion boards, or, or like I don't think it fits like everything. There are some things that don't fit. It fits most of everything. Does it fit all of Fenris? It fits all of the boxed expansions. So Fenris. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was released before Fenris, and there wasn't room for that. No, no, okay. no. There's, um, let me put it this way. It wasn't planned to fit it. Okay. But everyone's made it work. The The only things that don't fit in there uh-huh. are the new modular boards. Yes. And the uh, the big board expansion in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because um, yeah. they use the mat. Oh, I need to get that mat. That's cool. That's a good idea. Yeah. The mat's not bad. The mat's like 25 bucks. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Honestly, I rather would have gotten that than the, than the modular boards. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, you should get two of them, and you can use one as a desk mat. <laughs> yeah. And then you can always you can be like planning out your move. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, what was I gonna say? Nope, don't know. What's your feeling on on mats replacing boards? I like mats better. Yeah, I have no no attachment to boards. Yeah, I think mats are just superior in every way. Yeah, they take up less space. They're more durable to a point. They just feel better to roll dice on, move stuff on. Yeah. I guess um, I like mats because they're... How do I put this? Not that they're easily replaceable, but getting a board for a game is tough. Right? What do you mean? Like, so, like, say that, you know, like, Champions of Midgard. Right? Okay. We played that so much that our board was, like, wearing out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? So, getting a replacement board right? basically I'm going to go buy the whole game again. Unless yeah. unless I reach out to the publisher and they just happen to have an extra one, right? right. But in, but with mats being accessories, I can just go out and buy a mat. And you know, I don't know because I don't produce board games. I understand that a slab of cardboard is cheaper than a roll of neoprene. Oh, significantly cheaper. But I mean, like, I wouldn't mind you raising your MSRP by. A, it can't be that much. So a typical board. Uh-huh. Like you take you take art out of it, right? Because okay. art's going to be the same, same cost, either way. Right? right, right. So just production costs alone, a typical, you know, uh, Chambers and Midgard style board cost about eighty cents. Okay. A neoprene mat typically costs about nine dollars. Holy crap! Okay, never mind. Because when I'm thinking about it, like you can get rolls of neoprene from like a fabric store for cheap. Yeah, but you're talking about printing on it. Yeah, I guess that's a different process. And, and a lot of them have stitched edging, too. Oh, you're right. Which, is, which makes right. them really nice, you know? Yeah, that does make them really nice. Um, makes them, like, last. They don't get, like, the curls happening. Uh-huh. Um, but I agree. I'm I'm all about mats. I wish more board games would allow you to, like, go to their website and purchase the, the neoprene version. I don't mind paying the extra 10 15 bucks for that. Yeah. Because it's just... Especially with a game that we heavily play. Right. But I think that's the thing, right? Like, a lot of times you don't know if you're going to be... Yeah, that's true. You know? That's why I like it being... I would like it being an option. Like, 
yeah. I'll play this game enough. Oh, yeah, I'll buy that board. Like, I'd buy a sideboard, no sweat. Yeah. Interesting enough, so they're, um, not to get too deep into boards, but Tapestry came out. Okay. Uh, that's the new Stone yeah. game. Yeah, so yeah. it came out to pre-orders. Okay. Um, the retail date is not till November 1st. Okay. Um, which is weird because retailers already have it, but that's a completely that's different strange. thing. Yeah. Okay. Are there going to be like stretch goals and stuff that makes you want to It's not a Kickstarter. Do... Oh, so, so, so doesn't do Kickstarter anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, their last Kickstarter was Scythe, actually. So why would you pre-order it if it's still in, if it's in, you said it was in retail? It's not, it's not in retail until November 1st. Okay. So, um, he did a, so remember when Wingspan came out, right? That yes. was like the hotness, right? Right, right. Sold out. It still sells out pretty quick. 30 minutes. Right? Yeah. Well, people have it. Like, it's easier to access now. Okay. People aren't selling their copies for $200. Oh, no, 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 no. But um, it's hard to buy new, isn't it? You no. can just buy right now? No. Um, most retailers typically have it. Okay. Um, but, so, Tapestry, he did a, a much larger run. He did triple the run of what he thought he was going to need. So he, um, but he reserved, uh, I think it was 20, or 250,000 for pre-orders. Okay. And then the rest of the print run is going to retailers. Okay. So, but they're all done. So they were all sitting in this warehouse the, at the uh, beginning of September. So he took pre-orders. Pre-order mm-hmm. basically meant for like three days, and then he shipped them out. Um, wow. So it's out in the wild, but the uh, the retailers have the copies, but they're not allowed to sell it till November first. That's a little frustrating. Well, but it's like video games, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we got to do a board game heist. Let's go steal tapestry. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> I think um, you know i I do to, to tangent off my tangent. Mm-hmm. I I do kind of wish board games would have a street date. Um, yeah. But I get that, like, I get that storing that stuff is ridiculous. Is it? Yeah. Think When you talk about, like, movies, like, storage is nothing. Okay. Right? But when you talk about a oh, large yeah, yeah. box, yeah. you know? I'd imagine it has to be temperature control and everything. Or, yeah. You know. um, but what we're getting on Tapestry is Tapestry has an interesting board where it's not just a square cardboard. It's a, uh, it's a rounded-edged board. Okay. Um, and when I first saw it, I was like, is that a playmat? Did he include a playmat in the game? This is a round board. It's just a, it, no, it's, it's, it's a, uh, rectangular board, but the corners are rounded. Just makes it look like, like the presentation's just like that. Oh, you know, okay. okay. No, typically like playmats have rounded corners. Yes. Right? And it just like, it feels better. So he did the same thing with the cardboard. It just like, looks it just cooler. looks better. It looks more aesthetically know? pleasing. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Um, I can see that. But yeah, I, I, I do think that, uh, more games need to offer playmats. I'd agree. A thousand percent. I'd agree. But when you tell me about that that ten times the, the cost price, yeah. I totally can understand why they don't. I understand the manufacturing thing, especially considering like how like margins get slim quick, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I imagine like you couldn't go to like Etsy and someone couldn't make you a playmat. Like you'd have to get the permission from the publisher. Like the publisher would have to do it. Um, it depends. Yeah. Like uh. Awaken Realms, so they did Nemesis and Lords of Hellas. So they are, um, they released the art, and people can, you can go buy the playmat. Like, you can take the art okay. and take it to, like, ink playmats. For but example. that was their decision. That was their decision. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. A lot of times the publisher keeps it for themselves. I mean, it makes sense, right? It's their IP, yeah. right? So why wouldn't I, I do it? Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering for them, buying it in bulk is not a big deal. Right. right. Um, I do think, you know, one interesting thing would be, like, how would you box that? You know, tube it. <laughs> oh, you mean it. like to put the the mat in the box? Yeah, yeah. It does fold differently. You're right, and you, you would have to roll it. Yeah, but then that's then like, you'd have this weird long board a box. Yeah, unless it was at a diagonal. But even then, yeah, huh? So maybe maybe it is better just as an accessory. I think it. I think it is because, like you said, if you buy because we you know we get a lot of games we play a lot of games and yeah. sometimes we're like I'm probably not gonna play this again. Yeah. But if it's a game that we really like, it'd be worth spending the money to get a board ship to me. Yeah. I'd be down for that. Yeah. So today we're talking about collaborations, like collab beers and collaborative games. Um, so do you have any uh, anything to talk about beer-wise? Um, I do. Okay. So uh, both of my uh, collaboration topics, if you were, okay. um, are based in the same city. Ooh. Can you guess what city it is? Ah, uh, is it near us? Near-ish. 
Richmond? No. Asheville? No. DC. DC. Hey, there it tries the charm. Yeah. Um, and I actually have had both of these. Okay. All right. Um, so the first one was they're a brewery, but they have like they're like a franchise brewery almost. Okay. DC Brow. Okay. Yeah. Like Gordon Biersch, is it? No, it's brewery? it's kind of like um, like they have like a main location and they've got like these pop up. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I right? understand what you're saying. Um, Devil's Backbone does the same thing. Yeah, they have like brew pubs around. Right. Dogfish Head does that too. Yeah. Um, but they have ones that are like shipping containers. Those be like oh. on on the corner. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And they like they'll so pop like, up for like the day. They're like street trucks or food trucks, but for beer. Beer yeah. trucks. So that's that's <laughs> been like their like thing. Okay. Like cool. They're they're like the graffiti artists of beer, basically. I see. Okay. Um so they did a collab with a brewery out of Colorado. Ooh. Called Ska Brewing. Oh boy. And trumpets and complaining. <laughs> right, exactly. Um <laughs> So they're going for like a hipster, hipster okay. vibe. Okay. They released a uh, beer called the Taster's Choice. Okay. Um, it's a double double box double box with coffee. I like everything you're saying. Yeah. There's a local coffee shop called Pie Tasters. Okay. Um, and Pie Tasters provided the coffee. DC Brow and Ska Brewing got together and and made this happen. Mm-hmm. Now you might think. Why the hell did they go to Colorado yeah. to get this random ass brewery? Sure. The head brewer of DC Brow, okay, when they first were founded, said, "I want to get out of the beer game." Went and made pie tasters. Became a head roaster at Pie Tasters. Oh, okay. Huh. Left Pie Tasters. Went to Colorado for the Green Leaf Explosion. I see. <laughs> made another brewery. Oh, okay. called Ska Brewing. That's great. And he's like, he's like a big like celebrity up there. Oh, neat. Um, I don't know who he is, but but the, they the, do. the locals. <laughs> but they do, yeah. So yeah, so they they combined forces and and made this amazing Doppelbock. It's okay. great. I'd love to check it out. I um, love Doppelbox and I love coffee. So. Yeah. Um, you. Uh, they do a festival every year, okay. and that's they release it for for that festival in April. Okay, like end of April. It's yeah. um, it's before the Cherry Blossom Festival. Nice, um, dude. That sounds yeah, yeah. It's great. It's wonderful. Check that out. Um, and so, I like I wouldn't expect a Doppelbach coffee beer to be that seems to strange. Be good. Although Wasserhund does their coffee lager, and yeah. that tastes really good. Yeah. In fact, one good. of my big notes here is like just breweries collaborating with um, coffee roasters. Yeah, like that happens a lot. Uh, every, like I just had Ebrick this year, and that's just a supply thing, right? It's got to be, right? I don't know. Uh, well, I think it has something to do with you know because who, who did Ebrick? So Ebrick traditionally has been Linhaven Coffee Roasters, right? Which was very good, right? However, last year they did Snowing in Space, and I love Snowing in Space, right? So that one was like right up my alley. This year I had it, but I had it from Draft, and I didn't ask who the roaster was, so I honestly don't know who it is. Um, but it was very good. It's always good. Ebrick has an excellent, um, you know, that Turkish coffee um, uh, thing in Medoodle that they do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, the brewers, I think they try to get the local coffee brewers out there because, you know, that's a whole other science there is coffee yeah. brewing. and um, Some of my um, favorite collabs are when breweries get together with a non-brewery. Okay. Like distilleries come to mind. Yeah, distilleries, coffee restaurants. Sure, you know what I mean bands. Yeah, the Foo Fighters did that one with. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't remember who the brewery was. Not I, the only one I'm thinking about right now is Stone and Metallica because that pills are yeah. awesome. Yeah, but like I feel like when a brewery gets together with a brewery, um, it's like it's it's just a beer. It's just a beer. That's true. Um, so the most surprising one I had was Unibrew's collaboration with Megadeth, uh-huh. uh, that Tulemon thing, yeah. which was like kind of like, a, was it raspberry? But it was kind of like a fruity right. ale, and it was good. And I'm like, oh, I, this is like a lighter, fruitier beer from yeah. a heavy metal band. And I'm like, okay, this is good. The Metallica Pilsner, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. The Iron Maiden one by, oh, who does that? It's an English brewery, but I honestly don't think it's very good. Um, one, light. one thing on the brewery and breweries getting together, the only time that I was like really like excited for it was the Sierra Nevada thing when they were doing the not, camps. Not the camp. Not camp. When they were 
sending out the hops for for the fire relief. Right, that was cool. Yeah, that, that was, was cool. cool. Even yeah. though the beer was like, yeah. the beer was in. But I thought that was a that sure. was a cool way to do a multi brewery collaboration. Right. You know. Although I do love their beer camps. Yeah, their beer camps cool. super cool. Beer I mean, I feel like that's where you really get into the experiments. And, and that kind of stuff was right. really neat. Um, but I do like also, like we mentioned, the distillers, like when they do um, aged in this distiller's bourbon barrels right. or whatever. And then distillers have been buying back barrels made that they made beer in to make more spirits in. Mm-hmm. It's this whole like recycling yeah. to do. Related news. So Budweiser and Jim Beam have their new reserve black lager yeah. that they released. Um, 7.1%. And it's their second beer after that copper lager, which I never did. You said you tried it? Yeah. I it was, was okay. Good. So yeah. this is supposed to up the ante on that. Okay. So if you like that, maybe check it out. A black lager. It's, That'd be interesting. Well, it's, I don't know if it's a black lager. It says it's the reserve black. Oh, okay. And it's a lager. Okay. So I don't know. It comes in the black bottle. I'll try it. But yeah, try it. yeah, no. 7.1% and Jim Bean, probably okay. My other um, favorite, memorable collab. Okay. Jose Andres. Okay. Um, so he's a huge restaurant tour in DC. Okay. Um, he owns, uh, oil mill. Okay. Mexican yeah, 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 too. Yeah. Um, he's got a bunch of restaurants out there. So cool. for his like 10th anniversary, he got with Deschutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they made a beer together. It's a Saison beer called Zarabanda. I like what you're saying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a Saison with, uh, lemon verbana. What's verbana? It's a uh, uh, spice. Okay. okay. So it's like a, a like a like a lemon salt kind of thing. Kind of. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That peppercorns and sumac. See, that sounds really good. It was amazing. Yeah, it's I'd, great. I'd want to check that um, out for sure. It's not produced anymore, unfortunately. Well, shit. But, <laughs> um, it it was it was really cool because the um, the artwork like incorporated like all of his restaurants. So his restaurants are all, they're all pretty Mexican themed. Okay. Um, so there was a lot of like day of the dead art. Sure. But then there was a traditional. Yeah. Mexican cuisine but, kind of thing. Yeah. But he also has a, uh, Cajun restaurant. So okay. there was like day of the dead people like playing, uh, metal drums, like steel drums. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, kind of neat. Um, like Caribbean style. Or yeah. Like, okay. And it was just cool because he wanted a beer for the celebration. Okay. Right. And Deschutes was like, we want to do it. They collabed and it was a hit. That's you know? awesome. And they, he served at the restaurants and mm-hmm. I thought that was a good way to, because this was a couple years, this was probably three or four years ago. Okay. So get like Deschutes into a tequila bar. Like, okay. Yeah. Like that's what OML is. It's like a tequila bar basically. Sure. Like they've got mezcal flights and all that. Okay. Um, but they don't have a lot of beer. Like, think about like Dos Equis and well, and Yeah, they had they had those, but they also have like like DC Brow has a okay a cerveza. Oh, okay, they, you know, yeah. but it's not like great. Sure. Um, so then you bring in something like this where it's not a traditional Mexican lager, but you drink it and it it fits in with your spicy tacos that you're See, eating. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Yeah. Because I'm not, like, a Corona guy or anything, obviously. But when I go to a Mexican restaurant, I can do that. Yeah. My favorite cerveza kind of thing is the Occulto, if you've ever had that before. It has a Day of the Dead, like, a sugar skull on it. Oh, yeah. And it's like it tastes like a Corona, but it's been in tequila barrels. And you have that little hint of that, and it's awesome. I like the Corona Reserves. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think they're fine. I don't go pick them out. I would have one on Taco Tuesday and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. But, you know, that's the thing where you need the food to go with it. Yeah. Do you think that breweries should focus on collaborating with restaurants or anything like that? Or do you think think there's nothing wrong with that? Yeah. At all. Um, Because I, I, you know, I am not one to pair beer with food. I, I, I just don't feel that. Like, I like drinking beer for the beer itself. You know, I love beer and pizza, of course, but if, it, if I have a special beer, I would not drink it with food. Yeah. Because I want to just experience the beer. Yeah. Um, but I think there's nothing wrong with that at all. I, I love it when, you know, like like O'Connor's does with the with the baseball stadium and right. stuff and, and the hockey. and Or Sun King did with Gen Con. Anything like that. I love those kind of collaborations. Like event style ones. I'm not a food and beer guy enough to know. I think it's a cool idea. And yeah. I love to check it out. Yeah. I would honestly like... What would be really cool would be like a flight with like a multi-course dinner, like to taste 
a beer with a specific chorus would be kind of neat. Back to back. Oh, so like multiple. Yeah. Gotcha. Because otherwise I'm just experiencing a one note thing that I might not understand. Right. But again, that's just because I don't pair beer and food. Right. Um, I'm sure people do and they would get a lot more out of that than I would. Yeah. Neat collaboration that from where we've both been to, Burial Beer Company, which we went to in Asheville, mm-hmm. is collaborating with Livermore, California's Adamont Beer Works. And they're okay. releasing Lords of the Roost, which is a double dry hopped IPA with Cashmere Nelson Galaxy and Mosaic Hops. Wow. Could be cool. But again, Asheville, California, I don't know what the tie is. Now, time for my most exciting collaboration. Okay. I just found this today. You might have already seen it, but Three Notched is releasing a beer that the Virginia Symphony is oh, yeah. putting out. Yeah, yeah. The, I saw that. The Boktoberfest Alt Beer. Yeah. That is fantastic. I am so excited over that. I don't know what the Three Notched connection is. Me neither. I don't care. I like Three Notched. I like the Virginia Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. Can't get enough. That's cool. And it's like one of my favorite types of beers. An alt beer. Yeah. And it's Boktoberfest, <laughs> which couldn't get any better. So, I'm so for you, it's about the pun. Most things in life are about the pun. So yes, that's all I care about. Gotcha. Yeah, it was cool. And the, um, the art's cool. Yeah. So very excited about that one. Did you know that um, all of their, all of Three Notches beers are different colors? Yeah. Yeah. I have a few of their cans and they have different axes. Yeah. The ghost one's cool. Yeah. That silvery one. Well, let's uh, round up our conversation talking a little bit about collaborative games. Okay. Um, now, again, this is a different conversation because, as you know, being the jerk that I am, I'm not really into collaborative games. You hate, you hate cooperative okay. games. I don't hate <laughs> I'd rather play them than no game. Let's call it that. Well, sure, but you'd also drink a Budweiser than, than water. That is true. But um, so when I was thinking about this, I generally would divide my collaborative games into two main kind of things. And they, okay. they are adventure games, which I would put games like Gloomhaven and Descent when you're playing with the app. So like Lord of crawlers. the Rings, kind of a dungeon crawler or a story driven role playing game, but run by another entity. Kind of thing. Okay, sure. Betrayal to a point, I feel like, because, again, it's going to end up being we're all against somebody or something. We don't know what it is right away. Sure. So that's a little bit of a stretch. And other ones are like a puzzle game or a group resource management game, kind of like the Forbidden series, like all of those, Mm. and like Pandemic. Okay. That kind of thing, where you're all trying to balance the game towards its completion. That's fair. Legacy games, some of them have aspects of that, where you're trying to work together to unlock something, but that's a little bit of a stretch. So well, I wouldn't call that cooperative. Yeah, that's that's not really... So I guess I'm only thinking of those two aspects. One where it's more story-driven and you're doing the narrative together, and one that's more a group puzzle, or like a group balancing act. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of any other games. And you don't like either of those. I prefer the dungeon crawler over the other one. Okay. But again, I'm not a big puzzle fan. Yeah. I don't know. There's some puzzles that I do enjoy, more like fitting word clues together or like figuring things out rather than like mathematical puzzles. But you like Pandemic. I do like Pandemic. And I like the Cthulhu Pandemic. And I like playing those games. That's I don't a know. co-op puzzle. It is a co-op puzzle game. I like that game. I don't know what it is. Maybe the theme of it, like, I'm a doctor. <laughs> Just tired. That's all I had to do was move these cubes around. That's and everything maybe, your daddy wants. Yeah, I know. I was like, I'm, I'm doing it, Dad. <laughs> maybe that's what it is. Um, you like Lord of the Rings? I love Lord of the Rings. Love that game a lot. You know what? Hmm. I actually prefer... Now that I'm thinking about this, you know what? I'd rather play a co-op game than a roll-and-write game. Well, that's easy. Because roll and rights are your least—it's—it's it's your least favorite genre. It's a solo game. It's everything I don't like about games <laughs> together yeah. uh, in one. Yeah. What's what do you what do you like about collaborative games? Because you tend to prefer them. I think. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as prefer. Okay. Um, Maybe you like them, or like it's a mix. Yeah. Um, I think it it depends. I I'm not a fan of collaborative puzzle games. Give um, me an example. Pandemic. You don't like Pandemic. Pandemic is mediocre for me. Okay. Um, I f- Do you feel like you outgrew it? No. 
Um, you just didn't like it from the get-go. I th- I think... So the problem with, with games like Pandemic and uh, even like Robinson Crusoe, the problem with those games is that... And every cooperative game has this, where you end up with a quarterback. Yes, right? absolutely. But in a puzzle game, the quarterback is like everything. Yes. Right? And I'm... I'm sometimes I'm the quarterback and sometimes I'm not. Mm-hmm. But when I'm not, it's not fun for me. And I feel like for other people, right? A lot of times it's just like, oh, we're just going through the motions. You Steven will I mean? tell us what to do, right? right. Exactly. Do you feel that way in the uh, in the Forbidden Games too? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, dungeon crawlers are great. Yeah, because that the quarterbacking thing it can happen. But I think in it, okay, in any game where you have a lot of asymmetry between the players. Quarterbacking is a is a much smaller problem. A lot of asymmetry between the players. Yeah. So like, um, like even in like the forbidden games, right? Yeah. Like each character has different abilities. Right. But it's like two abilities. Right. Okay. Right? Oh, I see. But in a in a co op game like Lord of the Rings, where you've got like decks of cards and like you know, you have a lot more options. Exactly. So there's less that you can be told to do. Right. Exactly. Okay. And there's a there's a, it just feels like you're you're really doing it. But one of my favorite co op games is Gloomhaven, and that's because there's no quarterbacking. the The whole idea of the game is that you're not telling everybody exactly what you're going to do. Okay. okay. Right. You're very vague, and you're saying I need to I'm going to do this early on in the round. Right. Okay. And so I know kind of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And we can. Hey, you might want to do that later, but you can't drive me. You right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. I see. Because quarterbacking is my least favorite thing in the world. Really? Yeah. I kind of thought you would enjoy that. I like quarterbacking when I need to do it. Okay. But I would prefer not to do it. Okay. Like I would prefer other people play the game and we all like find it together. Yeah. Communally, because because that's how I would prefer to play the game. I would assume in most. With the sheer volume of games that we have, I feel like most of the time you're teaching. But there's a difference between teaching and quarterbacking. Yes, there is. Yeah. I mean, I feel like to get out of that with a lot of these collaborative games, you'd have to play with pretty experienced players. Get out of quarterbacking? Yeah. Mm. Or at least they like... It's it's a personality thing. Oh, okay. So you, you know, another word for it is like alpha gamer. Yeah. Right? Um, And every group has them. Sure. Right? You know, we all do it. Yeah. We all do it. And and I try not to do it. Like, mm-hmm. I actively try not to do it because I know how frustrating it is when, you know... It's frustrating I, both ways. Yeah, I have I have something I know I want to do, mm-hmm. and I have a plan thought out, mm-hmm. and somebody else is telling me that that's wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want that. Right. There's a difference when you're teaching somebody, you can provide options, right? And yes. say, good option, here's, here's some other mechanics that you might want to know about. But in quarterbacking, it's just like, well, why am I playing? Like, why aren't you just playing as four people? Correct. And you know what? That really reminds me of it's like back in grade school when you did group projects. Yeah. I feel like, did you do group projects in, in mm-hmm. school a lot? Yeah. Did you end up doing most people's work? No. Okay, good. Because I didn't do any of the work. <laughs> but you know, that's... All my group projects, well, I mean, of course there's outliers, but most of my group projects were pretty, like, well split. Oh, good. But yeah. No, I, 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 I get where you're at. Mm-hmm. Like, where one guy does all the work. And yeah. Then... Or tells you how to do it. Right. Where I'm like, ah, you know what? You'd probably do a better job. <laughs> that was me all the time. Yeah, that's I, I get where you're going. That you think that I might like co-op games, mm-hmm. but out of like, if I were to put like, if I were to put like Ameritrash, Euro, and co-op, like if those were three different categories, okay, co-op would be the last, the one. least of the three. Yeah. Are there a lot of co-op Euro games, or is it mainly an American thing, or it's mainly American? Okay. Co-op Euro games um, are typically like tower defense type games. Okay. There's not a lot of like resource management I type of things. Okay. You know what I mean? Because the whole thing with Euros is that you're trying to build like the best engine. Okay. Right you know what? Game. Now that we've had this conversation, I know what my favorite co-op game is. And I think it's theme alone is Captain's Death. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. the presentation. Yeah. I love the different roles. This is super fun all around. The one, the one type of co-op games that um, we didn't talk about, which mm-hmm. are my least favorite type of co-op games are semi-co-op games. Explain to me what that, what, what example? Dead of Winter. Oh, okay. Right? So where you have the possibility for a traitor. Oh, uh, okay. Well, you can play without the traitor, but... Yeah, but... Yeah, the, I can see that. The whole point of the game is that it's traitorous, right? Well, I don't know if that's a point. Honestly, I've never had a... I've had a traitor once, and it didn't come into play. Right. 
it feel not dis- does betrayal make you feel that way too, or is it primarily mm-hmm. dead of winter? No, because betrayal is like bet- betrayal to me. You, it's never co op until the end, right? In the beginning, it's like kind of free for allish. Yeah, everyone's okay. kind of doing their own thing, right? Right. Okay. And then the real game starts, and then it and might then be co op or not. And then you know what I mean? UK. But it's yeah. a known thing, right? But a dead of winter, someone could just be screwing you over, and it's frustrating because you're like. Who is it? <laughs> you know, right? Well, and a lot of times too, it's like like there's a mechanic to call them out, but then you still finish the game, mm-hmm. and so it's like, well, now this person is is going to have a bad time, right? Because it's it's never even in, in Dead of Winter is a great example, right? You call somebody out and you exile them, mm-hmm. right? And now, like their game just isn't as fun. I don't think you've ever been exiled before, but it's just... I've not been, although I think that's why they put that bandit expansion in. Because if you're the if you're the betrayer and you get kicked out, you get a whole army. Sure. And then you just, you know... But that being said, I hate the bandit expansion. Right. I never play it. I played it once. I'm like, nope, this is going in the box and it's never being used again. Right. Because it's garbage. Um, honestly, when I play that game, as long as everyone's cool with it, I'll take all the traders out. Right. And we just play with your base guard and... Try not to die. The other type of semi-co-op games that I don't like are the ones where it's fully cooperative, okay. but you're trying to get the most points at the end. Then you might not like Mourner's Call. Well, no. No, Mourner's Call is very blatantly like you're working together on certain aspects of the game. Right, that's fine. Free that's fine. Yeah. yeah. What's an example of that that, that, um, I, that I've played? No, probably not. I've tried to avoid games where you're trying to be friends. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings game. Oh, okay. Both of those are co-op, but you're trying to be the best at in the Hobbit. No, I haven't played the Hobbit. The Lord of the Rings game. I thought you were just trying to live. Or no, it's just the Hobbit. Yeah, okay. it's just the Hobbit. Yeah, the Hobbit. You are you're going around and you're going through the Hobbit, okay. right? Similar to Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, except you're collecting gems and you're raising those gems. Yes. Yeah. So it's either everyone loses or one person wins. <laughs> Glad you guys came. <laughs> Thanks for helping me win. Yeah. And so, you know, it, and it, it always ends yeah. up this way. Mm-hmm. Where it's the group project guy. It's yeah. the guy who doesn't do anything. <laughs> always <group>. me. <laughs> it's me. Always ends up with the most gems. Hey, thanks, guys. I got the A. You and guys take the B. And it's so frustrating. Yeah, I can understand it's that. so frustrating. That is hilarious. Um, but yeah, semi-co-ops are like the B really, of my yeah. They're my rolling right. They're... <laughs> Uh, it's like why? Why okay. not just make? I it- just decided. I know how you can get me to like rolling rights if you make it a drinking game. I would be all over that. Anytime I bubble in something and take a drink, yeah, I'd play all the rolling. Oh rights. my god, we can do uh, uh, railroad ink. Yeah, let's do. Yeah, that would be very fun. Um, um, I'm surprised. Oh, you know, you know, I need to get. I'll pick this up. Okay. Um, so there's a rolling right called Cartographers. Okay. And it's a it's a roll and write where you know you typically you got a sheet and you're filling it in yeah um, and you have Tetris pieces right so you're revealing cards in the ground and the Tetris pieces are, are where they go okay but the Tetris pieces are different terrain types okay right yes um, and like a lot of times and mountains and stuff plains mountains lakes stuff okay. like that and okay. then each round is scored differently based on like you know you might be like have the most connected mountains or have you know, the most squares with lakes on it. Okay. Right. Um, a la Domino, like King Domino, so you're trying to connect terrain pieces together? Uh, but kind it's of. different shapes that you have to fit together, too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're, there's uh, four rounds, mm-hmm. and you're scoring each round. Mm. The kicker is, is that you place the piece as it is, right? Or you yes. can take a, you take a negative to rotate the piece. Oh. So every time you rotate the piece, you can drink. <laughs> Because you rotate them a lot. Dude, we need to make a Rampart board game. <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, that'd be great. Did, did Ori tell you I got him a RetroPie? Oh, good. So he can practice his Rampart since I beat him last time? <laughs> he, um, ah. uh, he was like, is Rampart on there? I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Rampart. Only it's Rampart. The only Rampart. Rampart. <laughs> it's the only ROM on there. It's yeah. Rampart. After he got his micro <laughs> PS2 or whatever. Yep. Oh, great. All right, guys. Oh, one last question. Would you count what we talked about with uh, Captain Sonar, where it's 4 before team co-op? Is that a type of co-op, or would you not count that as the same thing? Uh-uh. It's just a, just a co- uh, that's just a competitive game okay, where you just happen to be on a team. Okay. I wouldn't consider Codenames cooperative either. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Um, all right, guys. So, um, upcoming, we have uh, our 
game night at O'Connor's. And our last one, game night. yeah, our last one, Exploding Kittens, was pretty fun. We gave away um, what did we give away? The party pack. And we the gave base away. Game. We gave away the base game, and then we gave away the base game with the Imploding Kittens expansion right. and the Streaking Kittens mini expansion. Uh, yeah, and then we gave away a copy of the party pack, which is. Exploding Kittens for 10 people. Up to 10 people. Very cool. Yeah, we had a lot of people enjoying that. Yeah. Uh, it'll be every third Wednesday and our spooky October one on October 16th from 5 to 8. I think it's going to be our biggest prize yet. Betrayal House on the Hill with the Widow's Peak expansion. Yeah. Uh, Widow's Walk expansion. Widow's Peak. Not Widow's <laughs> So uh, be sure to check that out. Check out our website, tablehops.beer, for more info. We have a special thing for December, too. Oh, really? I'm excited. Can't wait. Gonna need to know. Uh, <laughs> better find out. All right, guys. Uh, send us your emails. Send us feedback. We really need it. Send it to tablehopspodcast at gmail.com or message us on Facebook or send us a voicemail at tablehops.beer slash voicemail. Any of that. We want to hear from you. All right. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Table Hops Podcast. Be sure to visit us at tablehopspodcast.com, leave us an iTunes review, or visit us on social media at Tablehops Podcast. Be sure to check out our videos on YouTube and email us your feedback and questions to tablehopspodcast at gmail.com. And remember, good beers, good games, great, great times! times.